Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Conversations with Yolanda. I'm so excited to have my special guest here with me today. And, you know, we're going to be, you know, on, on Conversations with Yolanda, I've had several guests on and we're talking about business, entrepreneurship and startup and and just that process of really stepping out and doing what you know you've been called to do. And today I'm looking forward to the conversation with Erica Harvell. And Erica, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, I'm excited. Me too. Me too. What I want you to do is just start off just introducing yourself and, and then just sharing a little bit about why you started, you know, No Dad. You know, I know you're the founder of No Dad and I know part of your story, but I love my audience and my people that will be listening to really hear kind of your story. Just give us an introduction of who you are and why you decided to, to start No Dad. Sure. Um, I'm Erica Harvell. Um, I am a uh, mother of four, um, a graduate of Cumberland University um, out of Lebanon, Tennessee. I did most of my undergrad at TSU here in Nashville, and then my senior year, I transferred to Cumberland. Um, have about two years of graduate studies at MTSU, um, and right before um, I completed my thesis. I actually started um, my business, Know That. And um, Know That is um, a community-driven platform that helps brands create and maintain more effective and profitable relationships uh, with customers in their local areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that uh, through community-driven local marketing and advertising, um, which allows brands to attract, connect, engage and retain customers all in one place, making it more convenient for them to interact and have a uh, more effective conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows them to interact in a more personal, practical, fun, and convenient way. And uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Were you getting ready to say something? Yes, I, I was going to say that is, that's so needed. And t- tell, tell me a little bit about you know, a lot of people come up with ideas, and but they don't move on them. So what made, where did Know That, the name Know That come from? So it's a funny story. Um, my, um, about in September of 2016, my oldest son, he was 14 years old at the time. And uh, he rushed in my room, like, at like, oh my, about 1130 at night, like just busted in my door. And he was like, mom, he said, did you know that was a water park? In and I said, no. I said, how did you know that? He said, my friends were Snapchatting about it on Snapchat. And he was mad. He's like, man, today was the last day. They closed down today and we can't even go. And I was, I was like, man, because they know that I love doing things with them. Uh, you know, just anything, anytime I find something that's real cool around town, I love surprising them and taking them. Yeah. They were pretty upset, you know, that they had missed this new water park to open and their friends got to like show it off on Snapchat. And I was upset because I'm like, man, why, you know, why did my friends talk about this on Facebook? Exactly. Right. information on Facebook. Because most of the time when you hear somebody talking about a, 
business across social media, they're mad at the business and they're, you know, you know, dogging the business out. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, my idea was how do we get more people to say, hey, did you know that this business does this? Did you know that there's a new water park in Murfreesboro? Did you know that uh, Joe's Coffee Shop is offering 10% off for anybody who drives a hybrid? Like, so how do we get the customer involved in um, the social media marketing? Um, you know, most every brand should or does have, you know, a word of mouth strategy. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I don't think that they pay that much attention or put enough effort of money behind word of mouth because it, it's the most powerful, you know, marketing tool that a business has, especially when you see larger brands are now focusing on exactly. localizing their advertising. Mm-hmm. And you can't localize your marketing advertising without the customer. You just cannot do it. Exactly. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, what we're trying to figure out here now is how do we get the, how do we make the businesses and the customers partners in that initiative of, you know, creating more local more loyal local customers, um, you know, is our, our goal. Wow. That is so great. And it's so needed. And, and one of the things that I always tell people about entrepreneurship is that entrepreneurship is about finding solutions to problems. You guys saw that there was a a problem. Like, why did we know about this water park? And you came up with a solution. And to me, that's the foundation of entrepreneurship It's not, only about making money. It's about what customers are. I mean, even your customers and your clients, they're looking for what solutions are you coming up with? And this is a solution for businesses to be able to, to, to let their customers and the public know about who they are and what they're doing. And you're right. The, the main area for businesses for marketing is word of mouth. I mean, that's the largest percentage. You know, back in the day, it was TV commercials and radio ads. But now social media has driven it where it is really word of mouth and it has to come through those platforms or some friend calling you and telling you about it. But that is the largest percent. And I I think you're right that a lot of uh, uh, businesses don't focus on that as much as they need to. And I think with social media platforms, it is really pushing them to be able having to having to do that more often than they have in the past. And I and I really feel like no that is gonna be that tool that can really assist them in do, making that happen. Yeah. Like a lot of we've talked to a lot of digital advertising um uh, agencies and uh digital buyers, you know, just trying to figure out what their pain points are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them um uh, cannot figure out the millennial customer. That's um, it. Know. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they're they're pretty upset with the millennials right now because they th- they actually think that the millennial is just too entitled, mm. and instead of embracing you know the fact that they um, you know they do hold a lot of the buying power uh, right now, mm-hmm. uh, they have power with advertising. They tell they are basically telling um, the brands who can advertise to them exactly. and they want to be advertised too. You know they have the ad blocking and skipping ads and you really don't want to make a millennial upset. You know, if they're watching a video on Facebook, especially like, they're, and they're into this video, um, you know, maybe they're watching like a spiritual video and they're right at the height of their moment and your ad breaks that connection that they're in. They, they don't want to hear anything that you have to say. Right. So, you know, they're going to skip that ad because you're intruding on their personal time. 
Exactly. So you kind of have to yeah, figure out how can you pull that person in into your initiative. And the best way to do that is by connecting with them to the same things that they care about. Right. And, uh, yeah, like uh, with our market research, a lot of the uh, many of customers have told us, you know, we want to shop local. Our, our biggest problems are that we don't know where, you know, most of the local businesses are in our area. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea what the national brands that come into our area, what they are about. Like, are they here to snuff out the smaller businesses and put, you know, a lot of us out of business? This is our home. This is how we make our living. Are they here to shut us down? Um, you know, do they care about our environment? Like, what? why are they here? Yes. And that's the message that brands need to be trying to get to consumers and get them to buy in on that. And so we have a lot of uh, great, you know, strategies that we want to uh uh, execute mm-hmm. on our platform that will allow brands to pull those messages together and, you know, execute them in a way to where they can attract new customers. They can, you know, connect with them, um, engage them to where that customer is sharing their story with that network and then also retaining them and that customer consistently coming back, becoming loyal because they've connected, you know, on a higher level than just say, hey, here's a product, give me your money, buy buy from me. It's no longer just that type of relationship that consumers are looking for. Mm -hmm. That is so good. You know, with entrepreneurship, we know this journey can be a struggle. I tell people all the time, some mornings I wake up and I just decide, I'm quitting. I'm, I'm done. And then the next morning I wake up, I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And so we know that journey is is hard and it's harder than working for somebody. People think, you know, a lot of people say, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and you're not even working hard where you are. Don't even do it. Stay where you are. <laughs> Don't even yeah. try because this is harder than working for someone. And w- with your journey, wh- what would you say has been your greatest win? Um, my greatest win would be the fact that I have not quit. <laughs> exactly. That's good. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. Being a, a single mother of four, and you know, I quit my job. I worked for AT and T for ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, when I first started there, I had no college education. You know, mm-hmm. well, I took that back. I had like an associate's degree in medical assistant that I wasn't doing anything with. Yeah, um, and I first started that was making forty eight thousand dollars a year, and I got up to almost a hundred thousand dollars a year before I quit. Mm-hmm. And I had a bachelor's of a bachelor's degree and I was in graduate school. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I about I would say about three or four years after, you know, working for AT and T, I ended up uh, my husband and I ended up divorcing and I found myself being a single mother. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go to college. I did that at you know, worked during the day and, you know, went to school at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and my children saw me build this up, you know, they, they saw me doing that. And I was very proud of that, that, you know, I would let them see me study at night so they know what hard work looks exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. Well, in 2015, you know, we built a house together and I, I kept them involved in the entire process of building the house. You know, we take the land together. Mm-hmm. We, you know, designed the house together every time we met with the builders. Uh, we would, I would bring them to the lot. Um, and let them run around on the lot. Like people would call the police for like this lady is letting her kids run around on the lot. <laughs> but we were <laughs> we were claiming our yeah, like exactly. So, um, 
we picked up, we put some dirt in this AT&T tin can that I had got, uh, you know, they were passing around mints at work. And I kept the tin can and we put, took some of the dirt from the land and put it inside the tin can and took it home and prayed over it. And then every Tuesday was our faith day. You know, we would come over to the lot every Tuesday and, you know, the kids would, before there was even walls put up, the kids would, you know, stand on the lot and say, this is my room, this is my room. And then as the house started going up, you know, they would walk to the house and this is my room, this is my room. And we would pretend like we were having dinner in the kitchen Yes, and all of that. And, um, you know, decided to leave my job and never dawned on me that, you know, things were going to change you know, yeah. that drastically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, having to take my savings to, you know, keep the program, the platform alive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I was learning entrepreneurship, as I was learning tech, um, as I was learning business, period, yeah. there were challenges that, you know, I faced hard challenges that should have really knocked me out the game and most people would have given up mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, nothing made sense um, yes. at the time. Um, and I prayed before I left my job. I was up for a promotion and um, my boss had, you know, already been telling me, hey, the next promotion uh, will be yours. And, you know, um, I was already in a supervisory role. So I just knew that this next promotion, you know, was mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, after I had, you know, already built you know, that and we were about to launch it in the um, Apple uh, store and the Google Play store, I prayed uh, one day and I asked God, I said, Lord, I said, let me know if it's time for me to, you know, leave my job to build this company up. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, if, know that, if, if you gave me know that, let me know, you know, am I, should I keep working at AT&T or should I leave and start building this company? And I said, um, if it's time for me to leave AT&T to build know that, uh, let me go to work tomorrow. And my boss tells me that he decided not to give me the promotion. Mm. And um, as soon as I get to work, they say, you know, I'm standing at my tall desk and I'm signing in. He comes and he taps me on the shoulder and he says, let me see you in the office. And I'm thinking he's about to congratulate me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've you know, done all this stuff in the office, you know, it helped increase attendance, morale, sales, everything. And I'm thinking he's about to tell me, you know, great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's, you know, praising me and telling me all the great things that I did. And he goes, but I didn't choose you. Mm. And uh, I, at first I was mortified. Like, the prayer had gone out the window. I had, you know, <laughs> I, said I had even prayed that prayer had gone out the window. And I was like, what? Like, I don't get it. And then when I got back to my desk, I remembered my prayer. And I was like, okay, God, I, I hear you. Yeah. And so um, the next day I put my two weeks notice in. And everybody started sending me messages at work saying, "Don't do that. You're just mad that you didn't get the pro- that you didn't get the promotion. Um, I think you need to slow your roll. Uh, you have kids. Don't do that to your kids." And um, I got to thinking, you know, you know, maybe they're right. And so I took my two weeks notice back and I stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, in October, you know, I, I prayed again and I woke up and I said, "God, I, I said I'm conflicted. I said I know you're not the author." You know, confusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this time, we were getting traction. Like, we were hitting uh, 1,500 monthly users, you know, at a time. And uh, I said, okay, I'm conflicted. I said, by the end of this week, I will know what you want me to do. Is the time for me to leave AT&T and build? Know that. And that Wednesday, we went to uh, a meeting with our uh, accountant, and he said, it's time for you to leave. He's like, you've got to get out here and start talking to businesses to get them on the platform. And yes. you can't do that working a, you know, a full-time job. Exactly. Um, yeah. 
And so we had uh, an investor at that time um, who said that he was going to give an additional $40,000 to the you know, to cover my salary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, God, so I hear you. And so I, you know, I go back to work and I put my notice in and I, I leave. But shortly after I quit my job, that investor backed out and said, I can't, you know, give the additional $40,000. Some of my other investments are moving too slow. I, I just can't move around that much money right now. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like yeah. I have quit my job. Yes. This money is, so I'm like, Lord, did I, did I hear you right? Like, like, did I make this decision on my own is what I was thinking. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it, going through stuff like that and, and, and being able to continue. Yes. Um, to push through that, that's how, you know, you know, you're doing the right thing. Exactly. Exactly. Bigger than you. Right. You have to be bigger than you to be able to get through things like that. Exactly. What, what would you, looking back, what would you have done differently, if anything? Um, I would uh, do an idea assessment. Uh, that would be the first thing I would do. Uh, you know, being excited about a new idea, that's great. Keep your excitement. Yes. I would say dial it back just a little bit. You know, once you've settled down and realized that, you know, you may have come up with a great solution to solve a problem, then sit down and do a complete idea assessment before you spend any money, before you get any business license. Figure out, you know, exactly what the problem is that you're solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, figure out who's already in the market trying to solve that same problem mm. and how they're doing it and what makes you different. Yes. Uh, who your, you know, uh, suppliers and vendors will be and, uh, you know, figure out what you need first before you actually get started. Vet the people who you bring onto your team. You know, don't pick, I, I wouldn't say don't pick your mother, sister, or brother, but make sure that they're very, they're just as serious as you are. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that that's the only thing that I would do differently mm-hmm. is, is sit down and do a complete idea session before I actually start. Yes, yes. And I think uh, w- with visionaries and really people that are born to be entrepreneurs, I really believe there are certain people that are born, even if you're working for someone, you still have that mindset of an entrepreneur. Um and it takes those kind of people that to really go to lo- the long haul in it. And everybody around you will not understand. I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it. They're not going to understand it until you're on the other side of it. Then they're like, oh, wow. And we're like, where were you back when I was just mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> where a, lot, were you? a lot of people, like I've heard people laugh at me. Like mm-hmm. when I uh, launched my, my crowdfunding campaign, mm-hmm. I, I heard people say, if it's not our responsibility to pay her bills, she shouldn't have a business if she can't fund her own business. And but wow. that's all a lack of knowledge, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah. And our um, you know, community, uh, African American community, just people of color in general, this knowledge has not been, exactly. you know, readily available to us. So, so you know, what we were always told were business loans. Right? Exactly. No, like, no one ever talked to us about, you know, funding each other. Exactly. You know, crowdfunding. And mm-hmm. so it looks weird to us and it looks like we're begging and uh-huh. it looks like we're failing if we're asking our family and friends to come together and help us, you know, grow these businesses so that we can one day be a, a unicorn. Exactly. And, um, I was thinking about um, uh, the Black Panther movie mm-hmm. and how, yes. you know, we thought that money was coming directly to us. We thought that that was a uh, black-owned film. 
mm-hmm. because the writer was black, the director mm-hmm. was black, mm-hmm. most of the cast was black. And so we all pulled together mm-hmm. and we, you know, made a, a, a billion dollars in one weekend because we wanted to support this monumental moment of the first black Marvel uh, uh, character, right? Exactly. But no one, I don't know if anybody in our community actually did their homework and realized that that movie was owned by Marvel. And- Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, not- and our black people got paid. Like, exactly. They exactly. And yeah, and so if we could use that same energy. Yes, that's so good, Erica. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And, and I think we forget about that. If you think about other communities, uh, people that come here from other countries and they pull together their resources. Mm-hmm. I, I know one family, they, they buy subways. They'll buy one, get that one going, get the revenue coming in, and they'll place a family member in that one. Then they'll open up another mm-hmm. one and build that one. I'll put another family member in there. And they're building generational wealth, not just monthly wealth. They're building, and that's what it takes is the support of everybody to make something bigger than you. And I think in our communities, we have to continue to educate. And that's one of the reasons I do this podcast is that I want people to see people of color, see women that have started something, even when it was hard, they didn't give up and they were able to succeed and really push through the hard times. And and it's getting better for, for us in this entrepreneurship space as we begin to network in different you know, sectors and different arenas and find out, oh, I didn't know this was here for us. I didn't know we, this was even available. And the more we continue to talk about this and talk about this space of entrepreneurship and women in tech and, and being able to look at the different ways that we can fund our businesses through crowdfunding, through investors, and through people that are around you kind of helping, I think we're going to see more entrepreneurs come forth because that's a big obstacle for us, especially for women. We've not, we've not, you know, historically been at the table where large amounts of money was being transferred over, but it's happening. And the more that we're in these spaces and being able to hear and gain that knowledge, we're going to see it really continue to grow. So I'm excited that you didn't give up and you're still pushing through. And, and one of the things I, I've, I've walked with you and I've been watching you for a, a, this past year and, and seeing just, I'm, I'm so excited about what you're doing. And, and tell me, what do you think is your, you know, everybody always asks about your superpower. What's your unique skill set? What, what do you feel like when you walk into a room or when you're in meetings with people just over the years, what is that one thing that always stands out that people know that you're good at and that you you feel like you're being able to utilize it as you're growing your business? Uh, being able to connect with people and uh, and I do that uh, spiritually through you know mm-hmm. um, my spiritual gift. Yeah, um, I feel like you know my my biggest uh, superpower is the Holy Spirit. I yeah. think, you know. Yes, yes, that's so good. Like, yes. I've learned so much uh, more about God, and the, the 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 greatest thing about this whole entire journey is like like I said, you know, I used to make almost a hundred thousand dollars a year at ATT, and so you know, it's easy to walk around and say, "Oh, I have faith in God." I have yes. faith in God. When you know where your next meal is coming from, you know what your next how your next bill is going to be paid, and even if you don't have it now, you know that in five days, exactly. Yes, and so. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to depend on God, higher power, whoever, you know, however you uh, connect. Mm-hmm. You have to depend on that source because if you don't, you'll go crazy. Exactly. 
Yeah, and you know, God just basically let me know that my faith was watered down. It was fifty percent myself and fifty percent him. Oh, that's and, so good, Erica. Say that um, again. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was watered down. <laughs> and it, that, like that, right there, just knowing that. You know, I was putting my hands and everything, and he basically let me know, you'll know when I'm working when you don't have to lift your hand. Exactly. You don't have to do anything. Because mm-hmm. um, I asked myself, well, how will I know the investors that are supposed to invest in this? I said, you know, I need money. Like, right now I'm doing, you know, using my own money, and it's mm-hmm. me out. Like, how will I know? And he said, you will not have to lift a hand. Mm-hmm. He said, they're just going to give it to you. You'll know them by your food. Exactly. When, it, when it's me, it's just going to come. Yeah. Because I do not need your help, and I'm not going to share my glory with you. You will not be able to say that you had anything to do with it. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the other day, uh, you know, I was telling you about, you know, the potential partnerships that yes. you know, might be coming down the line. Mm-hmm. And when they uh, contacted me, I was like, oh, my God. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, started immediately thinking, you know, to myself, OK, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I could literally see my father like slapping my hands back, mm-hmm. saying, stop, don't touch it. Don't touch that. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it. Keep your hands still and, and, and watch me work. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And and he does that every time. I cannot believe we're almost out of time. It always goes by so fast. (laughs) Uh, But my last question for you before we end this conversation is, how can people reach you and what services can local companies or any company that wants to partner with you, what services that can they receive or that you're building out for them uh, for them to be able to utilize? So right now we are only in the Nashville market. Well, mm-hmm. we have 15 cities in the app, uh, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, our pilot test market right now is Nashville, and mm-hmm. that's where we do our, you know, marketing. Any business can add their, you know, information to the platform okay. uh, free of charge right now, and it right right now it just works just like a local guide, you know, mm-hmm. where uh, consumers can find you and uh, they can share, you know, your information across their social media. Um, but what we're building out for you are ways for you to be able to connect with new customers through putting your own coupons um, in the app, you know, without know that telling you what, how much of a discount you need to offer. We don't take any profits uh, from you. You keep all your profits from mm-hmm. um, the offers that are redeemed. We have geo-targeting to allow you to connect with uh, people who don't even know about you within a five-mile radius, uh, you know, uh, we're about to launch in three weeks uh, the ability for you to create you know local trivia games yeah. uh, people always want to find out something new about the city that they live in yeah. like um, I was telling one of the uh, people they were doing a video about me and my kids two days ago mm-hmm. and I was telling them you know so you didn't know that Nashville had the first CNI dog school. Like, you didn't know that that right. was the very first CNI dog school in Nashville. It's like, no, are you serious? Like, yeah, I can't believe you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, you know, the fact I had no idea that the Wild Horse Saloon was a part of uh, Gaylord. Like, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Something so those like things that. that they'll be able to really utilize the, the, the app for as well and and where can they where can they find you on social media? So uh, right now we are on Instagram at know that n o d a t underscore Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Twitter at know that place, 
Mm-hmm. And then Facebook at Know That Nashville. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited about the, your, this journey for you and where it's going. And you guys heard how you can reach out to her. I would also connect you via the, the podcast. You'll have a link where you can link right to their website and to their social media. And Erica, thank you again for joining me and having this conversation about your entrepreneurship journey. You're welcome. I want to invite any entrepreneurs in the Nashville area or yes. surrounding areas out to Twin Day, mm-hmm. uh, April the 12th at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. Um, this event is designed to connect all entrepreneurs of all backgrounds, but you know, mainly black and brown founders to investors, uh, mentors to help you, you know, grow your businesses. So go to Eventbrite and search Twin Day uh, 2019. Great. And you can also find that information on their Instagram page, on their Facebook page, Know That Nashville. Thank you again, Erica, for joining me. Thank you for those that are listening. Uh, Thank you for joining us and having this conversation with us on entrepreneurship today. And we will talk with you soon. Bye-bye.